What's up, everybody? I'm David Hain, and I'd like to welcome you to the ninth episode of the A to D From Attic to Disciple podcast. A big shout out to all the countries that have listeners following us, including the United States, South Africa, Senegal, Kenya, the United Kingdom, Canada, Colombia, and Germany. Today's podcast opens up with my mentioning the 10 steps that ATD uses in street outreach and street rescue. If you would like a copy of this document file, contact me by email at davidfromatd at gmail.com or on Instagram at davidfromatd. Today's guest is Steve Langadon, the founder of Roots and outreach work on the streets of St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. Steve, the 10 steps that I mentioned cover everything from relationship building to intermediation and sending people to detox, rehab, and aftercare. As you started Roots seven or eight years ago, what did you think your work was going to be and what has become the most important aspect of your work and the work of Roots in St. Catharines now? Well, I guess to, to tell a little bit about Roots would be to use these steps as how we kind of evolved from just some people um, getting together and, and, and trying to do something, not knowing exactly what we we're going to do. Um, and that kind of came out of my my work downtown, which was um, I had just started meeting with a guy and over years uh, had become friends through many breakfasts and just get togethers for coffee and whatnot. And we finally realized we wanted to uh, do something a little bit more structured and, and consistent and regular so that if others wanted to join, they could. But I, I do confess when we kind of started, um, I, I would have liked to jump right to intermediation. Um, I didn't know that word until you showed it to me, but that's where I would have liked to jump and, and then from there to detox and from there get them to rehab and, and get them sorted out. And and for me, um, the reality of the first four steps or really the first three steps of relationship initiation, development and trust deepening, um, I did, that wasn't on my radar at all when, when uh, I started out and um, and even roots uh, to some degree. It, it kind of evolved naturally a little bit there, but it certainly wasn't structurally in my head. So I think roots fits in now um, with our work. And in those first three, we're, we're sometimes kind of the sharp end of the spear on the street, um, trying to build relationships um, through the work we do downtown. And, uh, and then out of that, see where the Lord leads it. Okay, and do you want to give a quick definition of intermediation, since that is a word uh, you stumbled over a bit and sort of had to uh, look up to make sure we were on the same page there? Well, when you meet someone on the street, often you meet them in a in a state of acute need. Um, and and my very first um, interaction with a, a gentleman who was a meth addict. He was in such an acute state of need, like he felt like he was going to actually die or kill himself um, if he didn't get help immediately. So, you know, immediately you go into action and how can I help find a guy, you know, find a, a place for this guy to stay or get out of this area, that sort of stuff. And and you just go to work. And so we ended up getting him out of town and into a, 
into a safe place in another town. Um, and you kind of feel like you've done your work. You're, 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 you're there. Um, meanwhile, I had no idea that that relationship would have ups and downs and scary moments and wonderful moments and is still going on some five years later. Um, um, so it wasn't necessarily an intermediation. It was a relationship initiation that I thought was an intermediation. And, uh, and over time, the relationship has developed, the trust has developed, um, and we've become good friends. And out of that, um, our relationship is, is, is something that he uses, um, and I don't want to say uses, that's not the right word, but that, that relationship is there that um, benefits both of us um, as we walk forward in, in, in our life together as friends, not just as an addict and disciple. That's awesome. And it's, you know, I'm glad you use that phrase as friends because so many people still see the addicts as them. Yeah. To be different than us. And, you know, it's what can I do for them? How can I intermediate? How can I help them? How can I rescue them rather than how can I befriend them? And that reminds me of of a song that I would probably used as the subtitle to this episode, and that's taken it to the streets by one of my favorite singers, Michael McDonald, when he was with the Doobie Brothers. And I'll quote some of the lyrics there. He says, you don't know me, but I'm your brother. Mm. I was raised in this living hell. You don't know my kind in your world. Fairly soon, time will tell. You Telling me things you're going to do for me, I ain't blind and I don't like what I think I see. Right. How do you react to that as someone who's taken it to the streets through roots in St. Catharines, Ontario? Well, that, that last line, I ain't blind um, and I don't know, think I like what I see. Um, my closest friend downtown, um, the gentleman who I started walking with about eight years ago, Mel, um, he has reminded me on occasion when I step across uh, a line where I try to do something to and for rather than with. Um, and and he'll say that about me, but he'll say that about a lot of people that they come down and, and try to, you know, in his words, shove a Bible down his, his throat and they don't know a thing about him. Uh, they haven't taken the time to get to know him. And, and he's just not interested in that. What he's interested in is someone who cares, someone who sees him as a person, someone who sees him and is willing to love him when he's at his worst, um, as well as his best. What do you think it is about us North Americans and maybe people all over the world that doesn't have us take the time to get to know people, but we want to jump in there and, and fix them and help out? Yeah, well... Um, I'm a businessman. I own a business. I have an MBA. Um, results orientation is ingrained into us. Um, and and to be very frank, when I first ended up working on the street, I wanted to clean them up, fix them up, sort them out, get them a job and, and, and get them going. And I figured I had the means and the wisdom and the intellect and the connections to do all of that. And what I didn't realize was that wasn't necessarily what God had in plan. It was and it seems after eight years that that he w- he was as interested in changing me 
um, as he was in the work that was going on downtown. And, and uh, again, thinking of my good friend, Mel, him and I, um, we're still the same people. We're still a bit messy. We're still, um, we got our hiccups and our bumps. Uh, we love each other dearly. Um, but I haven't changed a whole ton and, and, and Mel is still Mel and I love him the way he is. We're just closer in relationship and, and, and friendship. And we've walked with each other through hills and valleys and all kinds of difficult things, um, which has strengthened both our relationship with each, with each other and our relationship uh, with, with the Lord. And, and so um, that was unexpected. So there wasn't a, an end zone or a goal line or a scoring system. Um, what there was was friendship and relationship and joy um, on the other side. Don't kid yourself, mixed with some difficult days and, and, and dark days too. Um, but that's not any different than life in my family or your family. Yeah, yeah. And I really think you hit the, the nail on the head there with, you know, it's about friendship. It's about relationship. And when we allow ourselves to step into relationship with the people that we may have started by thinking we're going to minister to them or rescue them, um, a different mess comes along and that's <laughs> the mess of just relationship. Absolutely. And so have you learned anything through that, that you'd like to pass along to our listeners? Like what's, what's something that you've learned from this transition from being a results oriented businessman to a guy who's growing in relationship and has this, this new group and growing group of friends from the streets and the abandoned homes of St. Catharines? Well, I mean, a couple of little nuggets that I've, I've pulled out are, are little sayings. I, I don't claim them for my own. I'm sure I heard them from someone else. Um, but, but people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that takes time. That takes time. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one is don't do things for or to people. Uh, do things with people. And, and I think that one is the one that speaks into your question the most. Um, when we do things for and to people, we can we can measure it. Um, we can we can claim it as our own, maybe something like that, and gives us a sense of personal self satisfaction. When we do things with people, um, that's a different situation. And and the thought that's coming to my head right now is it often exposes in ourselves our own weaknesses, our own. Um, quote unquote addictions that we may have that we never even realized we had um, and, and allows us to start to have some empathy towards our brother or our sister that we're working with and alongside of on the street. Um, and in many cases, you, you end up being the student rather than the teacher. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. And it, it was funny, as you were saying, doing things with people, I was going to ask you, what's the the biggest thing that has surprised you that you find yourself doing with these guys now, and it's, it's men and women. What's, what's the biggest thing that surprised you that you find yourself doing with them rather than for them or to them? Probably sharing my own life, my own struggles, my own heartaches um, and receiving back from them love, kindness, empathy, wisdom, if you can believe it. I mean, that sometimes people think you could never get that from um, from anybody who's struggling with addiction. But um, 
my my friends uh, on the street are in particularly filled with wisdom and some of them are the greatest survivors I've ever met. Um, so I can't tell you how much they've helped me in my walk as I've been able to um, open up with them and share them with them, my struggles and, and uh, yeah, receive their kindness in return. Awesome. Well, to, to bring this to a close, I have to set you up for one story. And that is when I came up to your home and, and met your family and the people working with you in Roots. And I said, well, you know, let's, let's see your neighbors down by Roots. And, um, you know, we, I also had you drive by a produce store. So would you like to give your side of that story? Well, we, we, uh, even and I had spent the day together and it was a, a day completely led by the Lord. We had nothing planned except for a cup of coffee that morning. And, uh, the Lord led us to meet the mayor and have a long discussion with him. Uh, the Lord brought uh, a friend of mine, George, who showed us our neighbor who, um, our neighbor's house, if you will, where there's a lot of drug activity that goes on. And this crazy guy from Philadelphia named David Haynes said, let's go get some bananas and bananas. So we went and got some bananas and amazingly uh, at the produce store met a young lady who, when we explained what we were doing uh, was someone who volunteered um, in a street work in St. Catharines as well. So was more than happy to help us out with uh, bananas. So we brought these bananas back downtown and David said, well, let's bring this before the Lord and, and, and let's go next door. So after bringing it before the Lord and, and asking for his strength and leading, we walked the short distance from our roots house downtown to our neighbors um, and knocked on the door of uh, a crack house. And I was pretty afraid um, for sure, walking up to that door the first time. I do confess it. And we walked in that house and we met our neighbors, three of them and had some great conversation right off the bat. They were just delighted to see us there. And, and David says, we're here to bring bananas. And, and bananas was the key to getting in. Who, who would have thought? A few minutes later, David had walked down the hall and, and went into what I assume would be the shooting gallery. And he had disappeared. I was chatting with um, the kind of the manager or the, the guy who kind of runs the house. Manager is the wrong word. But um, and I said, hey, do you mind if I go see where David went? Because uh, I didn't know where he'd gone. And when I walked into the room, there stands David with, you know, half a dozen people um, who are users, but they all weren't using. They all had a banana in their hand and a big smile on their face. And, and I, to this day, was one of the most comical moments uh, in a stressful situation I've ever <laughs> seen. Um, <laughs> but it cemented the reality that bananas open the door to crack houses and it was the start of a great relationship with a number of people in that house and that has maintained to this day and if served me right david that's about a year and a half ago ballpark i think yeah so we've uh, and uh, how many trips have you made to the produce store for bananas since then every week except for the last few uh, with the uh, covid situation okay Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing your wisdom and, and encouragement. And can't wait to see you up in the great white north soon. Thanks, David. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. 
Thanks for listening. Please follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the podcast link with two or three people this week. Keep sending your feedback. And if you would like to be part of a weekly Zoom meeting on addiction and recovery, or if you want a copy of the Street Outreach Steps, contact me by email at davidfromad at gmail.com or by Instagram at davidfromad. Tune in next week for our next episode of the A to D From Addict to Disciple podcast.